0: Hello and welcome to Style & Substance, a branding and business podcast for
1: inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered and more importantly sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show and if you do, please like, share, subscribe and keep listening. Hello, hello, welcome back to Style and Substance and today we are talking about resin branding. How are you doing, V?
0: can I say excited again? (laughs) (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. (laughs) I'm feeling really good. Um, I've just recorded another podcast with uh, Helen Perry. We had a great chat. I'm feeling super fired up. I'm just drinking my second coffee of the day. And yeah, I'm excited. Do you know, after everything we were saying last week in the Overwhelm recording, I thought, I can't, I can't actually take a weekend away. Mm. But I went for a walk, a big walk when I finished work on the Friday. And as I was walking home, I deleted my Instagram app and I deleted my Gmail app from my phone.
1: Well done. And
0: I cannot tell you, I mean, I do this often, but the weight that lifted Mm. straight away from my body was insane I've put Instagram back on but I actually haven't put Gmail back on Mm -hmm. and I think it's actually a great discipline
1: yeah absolutely we were talking about all of those ways to reduce the noise and reduce the pressure weren't we and so much of that is actually in our control it is and it feels like it isn't and you've almost got this compulsion where you're checking stuff and you're on this constant high alert Mm. flight or flight thing aren't you and yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. And just buying yourself that yeah. space. so you can just deliberately with intention choose how you spend your time, right? Rather yeah, than it being pulled exactly. on and off all the time. Nice yeah. work. Mm. Well, I had a lovely weekend away off grid. So I am I'm back and on it. Although feels like I've done a week's worth of work already. And it's only Tuesday. No, yeah, it's, Wednesday.
0: It, it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah,
1: all mm. good. Right. Today, uh, resonant branding.
0: Yeah, my
1: thing. Your thing. It is your thing. And I'm getting yeah. so excited about this. So tell me, lovely Fee, and I know we thrash this about a lot. Mm. What is resonant branding?
0: Well, I, I think it's all about alignment between your commercial objectives, where you want to take your business, how, what you want to be known for, what sets you apart, and then creating this very evocative brand that that your ideal clients can connect with that supports you commercially.
1: Mm. It's
0: quite a lot in that, isn't there? <laughs> I know, and I feel like I'm only at the tip of the iceberg with with how I articulate this stuff. We talk about this often, don't we? But I, I and I always don't know if it's like an ADHD-ish type thing, but I have all <laughs> these things in my head, mm. and we work so hard to hone and refine this stuff once we've worked hard and we've honed and refined it and we've processed it I don't mean processed it in our minds I mean turned it into a process mm. it, it's then so obvious and it's so simple and it's so easy
1: mm-hmm. yeah you <laughs> forget becomes, all that hard graft
0: <laughs> yes well and you know when you then see it maybe on another website or you know which is I guess part of being that person that's pioneering stuff, you're going to see things mm. out there elsewhere, and this is probably another story for another day. But I suppose what I'm saying is, I'm at the start of the articulation process. Mm. So whether that's as simple or the definitive answer as as will come over time, I don't know. But the thrust of it is that a resonant brand is one that people feel the right things about that yeah. supports you commercially. Yeah. That, that matches your edge
1: yeah and for me when I think about resonance and I use this metaphor a lot it's it's the tuning fork effect isn't it it's the ability when you put it in the context of branding for your branding to be a really clear tuning fork that when you sound it it creates the the same response that that internal resonance with the right people and for a brand to do that it has to be, it has to work commercially. Well, the result of a brand doing that is it does work commercially, but it mm. also has to have this, this foundation, this structure, doesn't it? So we'll probably get to more definitions of this as we go through, like you said, because it's in the articulation stage and you really are the pioneer of this. You place a lot of time, emphasis, thought, there's a lot of thinking behind this. There's a lot of diligence that goes into crafting, you know, everything you do around this. Why does it matter so much? What's important about resonant branding?
0: Well, I think branding in general is about finding that thing that sets you apart. It's about putting yourself in a space that only you can own, and that's pretty received marketing wisdom if you look at pretty much any marketing textbook they will tell you to find your unique selling point, find your point of difference, if you like, and Mm. to offer something unique that only you can, because what happens when you do that is that you then don't have to compete on price because if people can't get from anyone else what you're offering, the specifics, the nuance of what you're offering, Mm. well, Mm. then the people that really value what and how you do things will invest in you
1: Mm. so branding is the external representation of all of that isn't it
0: well it's the external representation but it's also the placing of it in the first place so I think Mm. we often think of branding as the visual elements and and it is Mm. but you have to start from the space you have to start from what is it that we do better than anyone else what is it that sets us apart why are people coming to us Rather than our competitors. And that might be your approach, it might be your project, product, it might be your creative style, it might be the experience that people have when Mm. they come from working with you. You have to start from that point. So I absolutely work with clients on honing that stuff first. Mm. And if their Mm. experience, you know, if their hotel could be cleaner, stronger, more compelling, more captivating, well, we've got to start there.
1: Mm. first
0: it's almost like polishing a diamond I guess a horrible metaphor but it's it's finding that magic that sparkle Mm. and you want to put your business in a class of its own again niching is nothing new that's Mm. received marketing wisdom and I I don't think there are many people that would tell you that was a bad idea I know when we're starting out we want to be all the things to all the people but actually as we go through and we start running our businesses we realize that it's more rewarding to work with people who get it it's more rewarding to not have to get into a scrap about price every time we put out a proposal
1: yeah yeah um, and those are very distinct benefits for the entrepreneur aren't they or, yeah. or for the designer commercially but yeah. also in terms of your confidence, if you are, every
0: time you're interacting with clients, feeling like you're being pulled in every which direction, your confidence, your energy levels as an entrepreneur go right down. Yeah. Whereas if you're working with people who get it,
1: mm.
0: who get you, who value you, well, that mm. makes you feel amazing. You mm. then have the confidence to get your business out there in a way that really resonates with other people
1: that and and it becomes this sort of virtuous circle so yeah so a resonant brand enables people to really get you and to see that in an instant well yes yes but yeah
0: so the first the first stop is finding the unique space finding that thing Mm. that sets you apart finding your magic thinking about what your business boils down to. So the essence of your business, what you want to be known for, who you want to be working for, with, and what they need to see to take your business seriously. And those, we boil those down into three feeling words. Mm -hmm. And those feeling words are what then influence how your brand looks and feels. Yeah. They come from a place of being informed by what sets you apart. So You've then got this alignment between mm. what makes you unique, how your brand feels, how people see you, mm. what they expect, what they get and how happy they are. Yeah. And, you know, when you line all those things up, doing business is a thousand times easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts for the entrepreneurs of, of what it helps us to avoid. And you've mentioned a couple of them. When you have that alignment and that resonance, what does it mean we can avoid? The drudge, the trudge, the wading through treacle,
0: the the constantly fighting for work, constantly having to prove your credibility, constantly having to prove your worth, your value, your experience, your price,
1: mm.
0: all of that stuff, I yeah. think.
1: That's quite a lot, actually.
0: <laughs> it's quite a lot. And, th- and that's just off the top of my head. There's, yeah. there's going to be more. It's really about taking the best bits of you you as in your brand and showcasing
1: that, you know, Mm. it's as
0: it's as difficult and as simple as that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hearing that there is for a brand to be resonant, there is a process behind it that supports it. Yeah, just pull a resonant brand out of a hat and go, that looks beautiful. And we'll get into the details of that when we talk about, you know, how, how you create that as a designer, for example. Yeah. But but this, the creation of a resonant brand is very thought through at all those stages.
0: Yeah. From the designer's point of view, there is an underlying robustness of knowledge, insight, information, experience. There's a commitment to creativity, to vision, to flair, because actually a design can feel right. But if it's not showstopping, if it doesn't blow you away, it's also not going to be resonant. It might be in the ballpark yeah. but it has to have that extra level of energy so you've got that to think about as well there's got to be a commitment to creating something that feels really on brief and a commitment most importantly I think to the nuance because yeah. that's where the magic lies so this is not about saying we've always wanted to work on a vineyard brand and we've always wanted this vineyard to look like this let's do that yeah yeah It's about saying, well, what is it that sets this vineyard apart? What makes them special? And how can we encapsulate that through the visuals?
1: Yeah, and we'll get into a little bit more about how that works for a designer. But Mm. thinking about it from a designer's perspective, if they've created or they are committed to creating resonant brands, what does that do for them and what does that help them avoid? Well, there's
0: this real industry expectation experience that working with clients has to be hard and Mm. and this goes this goes on both sides I'm sure you'll pick back up on this but there's an expectation that clients expect us to be mind readers that clients change their mind about the brief that clients are demanding that clients want more pizzazz and they don't know how to articulate it Mm. that clients can be annoying that Mm. the changes process can be painful, Mm. um, that you can feel exposed and vulnerable as you're presenting your work, that it's hard to really let yourself go as a creative because if I don't know if this client's going to be difficult, how can I possibly put myself out there? So there's all all of those, I wouldn't even call them misconceptions. For most designers, that is their daily experience. Mm. Mm. But actually my experience from 300 odd brand design projects with my design agency with this process
1: mm.
0: and all the clients, hundreds and hundreds of clients I've worked with since is it doesn't have to be that difficult. Mm. It doesn't have to be painful. It can be, you know, this, and it, it's not something you're going to pick up in a blog post. It's sure. not something you're going to pick up for free in a book. Yeah. I'm afraid. Um, but it brings a surety. It brings a perspective. It brings a wisdom and experience and insight that I'm loath to use the word reading your client's minds. But it allows you to listen to what your client is saying and mm. interpret that insightfully and be able to translate that to be able to find the conflict in what they're saying because there's always contradiction Mm -hmm. I you know I have never worked with a client who doesn't want their brand to be all the things and my job is to hone that and to find the magic and to to really hone and refine the brief Mm. and create a vision that will support them commercially but when we get that level of focus and when we have that quality of knowledge and understanding actually there is no reason that we can't deliver work that gets signed off the first time yeah I mean how nice would that be that doesn't mean you suddenly stop you start dropping your prices by 50 percent because your workload's halved yeah yeah (laughs) it just means yeah it just means that you get there faster more efficiently more cost effectively for you Mm. and your clients have a significantly
1: better experience yeah yeah and they don't get that remorse and they that you know when I translate that into the impact on that for the entrepreneur when you get I don't know whether it's a logo design or a color palette back or a sort of full brand identity and it doesn't quite hit the mark for whatever reason the sinking feeling that that creates and the lack of confidence and actually the potential spiral of self-doubt as an entrepreneur oh it's can, huge can be massive yeah um yeah and I'm scooping clients up all the time that are having that experience whereas you know if I think about some of the branding projects you've done just for me never mind my clients that feeling of oh my god I can get out there you know yeah. there's nothing like it is there yeah. so so there's a streamlining there's a confidence there's Obviously, you know, the obvious commercials of that is your work becomes more renowned. You become yeah. more recommendable because the process feels better. Mm. And even if you end up with an amazing result or, you know, close to amazing result, if that's at the end of a long, struggling process, the feeling that you're left with as a client isn't the same as if it's been, wow, wow. Blow my mind. And so, therefore, the recommendability of your business as a designer goes down inevitably.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, if I think about the clients that I work with, a core part of my offering is not just finding the clarity and crafting the vision, hmm. it's actually creatively directing that project. And I don't mean telling the designer, this is how the logo is going to look. Sure. I mean, being there to review what's been produced because if we don't do that we end up with something that is disconnected from the magic we end up with something that's sort of over here that maybe looks gorgeous but Mm. isn't going to serve the brand commercially that isn't going to work at the resonant level that isn't going to reach its full potential that isn't going to create the right impact connection resonance that's gonna misrepresent the business. Mm. And that might be really subtle, Mm. but what was the point of doing all the clarity, finding the space? What is the point of brand strategy? Yeah. If we're just gonna decorate the cake nicely. (laughs) I mean I've gone into like the most random metaphor. (laughs) But you know, it you just as well not do it if you're not going to connect both elements. Yeah. And it's that connection where I see the biggest opportunity at the moment and that's what I'm on a real mission to change yeah. in the industry because I think as entrepreneurs and as designers we deserve better
1: yeah I think
0: designers deserve a better experience they deserve to be in their creativity safe in the knowledge that what they're producing is hitting the brief because yeah. then that does amazing things for their creativity and entrepreneurs deserve to not have to go through this painful changes process, having to try and find the words to articulate why this doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, desperately trying to work out what to tell people mm. to do, yeah. you know,
1: desperately trying to work out how to fix it. That's not their job. Yeah. Yeah. And also entrepreneurs deserve when they've crafted a business, you know, a lot of the people I work with have the most incredible ideas have the most interesting routes to market, have the most profoundly impactful products or services, mm. they deserve to have that represented in the most glorious, yeah. compelling way to make their business easier. That's the point of branding. And brands, you know, a brand has power, doesn't it? It has an incredible yeah, amount huge of Huge power. power. And I, I think the
0: process of branding can absolutely feel like a celebration Mm. of everything you've achieved and everywhere you want to go it can be a really empowering bolstering joyful experience yeah my sense is that it's probably not that at
1: the moment for most entrepreneurs and I would love to change that yeah and actually that makes me think of another piece about defining this essence of of a resonant branding and particularly in relation to the commercials, a resonant brand for me—and tell me if this is different for you—is one that takes into account the aspirations and the future direction of a business and what that business needs to achieve. So it's it's best place to do that and to create the impacts. Because if a brand is is too, I can't think of quite the right word, but too fixed in time or too um, too. Past reflective or whatever it isn't, if it if it doesn't enable the business to move forwards, then for me, is that a resonant brand or is it not? Well, my sense is you're talking about two slightly different things.
0: Mm -hmm. So every every brand should allow, should reflect the best things about the business right now, Mm -hmm. and should also support the vision for where it's going. Yeah, it it needs to do those things, and and finding that that balance is really important because obviously, if you're catapulting yourself mm-hmm. well beyond what you're delivering now, mm-hmm. that brand's not going to be effective. Yeah. Now, I think there's I I don't know whether we're mixing up that concept and kind of looking back to the past and thinking well we've always you know because the legacy piece that that might be a core part of the magic Mm. there's a difference between that and perhaps creating
1: a brand that that I don't know whether you're talking about brands that feel dated no no I'm not talking about timelessness of a brand or or those pieces and I think that that you know, my mention of being stuck in time was the wrong phrase. No, it's exactly what you just said. Yeah. It has to be able to honour what is now and support the business growth. And I don't think a brand can be resonant if it doesn't take this into account. And therefore, in this construction of the brand and all of that strategic thinking, the entrepreneur has to be really clear about that.
0: Yeah, and, and there is a lot of work for the entrepreneur to do before Mm. they go commissioning a designer on that
1: piece. Yeah, so let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've you've got to give the designer the best possible opportunity to create you something amazing. And they can't do that if your brief is full of contradictions, conflicts. Mm. You know, I'd like to have this, I'd like to have that. The clearer you are, and, and that doesn't mean that you go to your designer with with only six words and say suck it up. <laughs> you know in in the resonant brand method we talk a lot don't we about the importance of context. Yeah. You know the context all has to feed into place otherwise those essence and those feeling words are meaningless. Yeah yeah. But you know working out well, what is your business where where do you want to take it it's not the job of the brand designer to, desi- to decide where you're taking your business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Or even I don't think what your space is in the market. You know, you might work with a brand strategist on that. You might work with a coach for The Gap. But I think there's a lot of work to do around what your ambition is for your brand. Yeah. What do you enjoy most? I mean, there's a there's a client that I'm about to work with. And we had kind of an initial kickoff meeting. And she had two quite distinct wishes For how a brand might feel. And actually, I felt like, well, they can both work. So you go and have a think about what kind of business you want to run.
1: Yeah. And then I'll run with it. Yeah.
0: But it's not for me to tell you this is how it's going to be, because actually, they both felt plausible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we've got the defining your space, being clear about what your magic is, what your USP is, Mm. and what your magic is. The the ambition, the aspirations, the forward momentum, what the business actually needs to achieve. I'd also add in the muses. You know, you need to know who totally you're trying to reach with that. Yeah. Is there anything else that requires a bit of pre-thinking in addition to any of those things? I think. I mean, again, <laughs> I'll get much clearer on this, won't I? I think <laughs>
0: you've I think you've nailed down most of them. Nothing's sticking out. Mm. What I would say on the muses. Is traditional traditional marketing thinking puts your customer at the heart of your strategy yeah um, so you know traditionally you might print off a list of your top spending clients and you mm-hmm. might look for more like them. what i've always found when i've done that is that the people that spend the most money are not necessarily the easiest to work with the most joyful to work with certainly yeah. when i had my design agency they weren't yeah. they weren't they they weren't the people that valued us the most and they didn't yeah. necessarily reflect where we wanted to take our business or the kind of work that we wanted to be doing so mm-hmm. that's why i'd always put your magic your ambition your strengths your your point of difference first mm-hmm. and then think about Either who's in my client list that values that, mm-hmm. or who do I know? so the clients come after,
1: yeah, yeah, the essence not before I yeah. would say. and all of this is on the sort of understanding, certainly from my point of view that that you you're clear on your offering, you're clear on what your business does, you're clear on your processes and all of that piece yeah you've got to know what it is you know what is your business mm. okay, so we know what we need to prep before we engage with a designer but how do we know that the designer is capable of delivering a resonant brand Mm, it's such a good
0: question and and what I know and what I'm seeing already is the more I'm tentatively talking about pioneering this resonant branding method the more I'm starting to see it pop up on bios and websites and that sort Mm. of thing yeah and I think it's really important that as Entrepreneurs we're able to discern is this person capable of delivering what I need strategically
1: mm.
0: or are they just telling me that I am? And I'm not saying that there is any malice in anyone at all, but I think I think that this stuff is more complex and more challenging than people realize
1: yeah
0: and there's quite a lot of expertise experience insight knowledge wisdom that needs to come behind this to really be able to deliver this in a way that has integrity and it's going to work so to answer your question the process for this resonant branding is that you, you start by thinking about what your business is, what you want to be known for, what sets you apart, who you want to be working with. And you kind of boil that down into three essence words. So of what your business is. And then we think about, well, who's going to value that? What do they need to see? And we get those three feeling words of how your brand needs to feel. So, for the Fiona Humberstone brand, for example, we wanted that brand to feel dynamic, refined and remarkable. Yeah. Now, Elizabeth, you are more visually literate since we've been working together than you might have been 10 years ago,
1: absolutely. 15 years
0: ago. But I don't know that you would necessarily have the confidence to pull together a vision board for with those three words. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But my sense is... That if you were to look at my mood board, or you were to look at my
1: Fiona Humberstone brand, I could tell you definitely whether exactly. it did with those things. Yeah, you could have that instinct. Well, and part of that also, just for sort of back context for people, part of that is because in the exploring and the getting to those words, yeah, what we've sort of created, and so many discussions around target market and the space and what's out there in competition, where you want to be headed, all of those things. What we've built up between us or certainly what you've been able to impress upon me is this this sort of tangible sense of something that has its own shape, feeling, form. Now, you're right. I, I can't from... You know, I can't do it for backside. the ground up. Can you? I can't, you know, I can't pull it off of Pinterest, but I can look at it and go, does it, I know the feeling that that evokes in my body when we talk yeah. about that. And so when I see something or when you hit on a word, so it's the same with copy, you know, we've done this with the brand Styles, we yeah. did this with the agency before. When I read copy, I can feel in my body, is that resonating at the same yeah. frequency as yeah. the thing that we've created? And it's the same with the visuals.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, whether you're thinking about it in terms of frequency, for me, it's just like, does this make sense? Do yeah. I believe it? Does this feel credible? Yeah. And just to give you just a bit more reassurance around this and why I really, really believe that the building of it from the ground up requires a lot of knowledge. mm. An experience and insight and is not something you're going to pick up in a free blog post or even in a book but the being able to tell if something is on message if it feels right is something we can all do and just by way of example i had sean from solidarity sports out at the weekend for sunday lunch with some of the kids from mm. charity and um it's the first time Sean's been at my house since we renovated. And, uh, you know, he was all very lovely about it. And he was walking around, he was taking photos. He was like, oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. And after lunch, he was really reflective. And he said, Fiona, your kitchen feels really warm and welcoming and calming.
1: Mm. <laughs> and
0: as you know, every room that I designed in this house had three words. Yeah. And those were the exact words that I had used as my focus for the kitchen. Amazing. And, you know, Sean didn't know why the kitchen felt warm, welcoming and reassuring. He just knew that it was. Yeah. He didn't need to get into the colour tones I'd used or the textures or the materials or, you know, any of that stuff. But he did know how he felt. Yes and i think that's such an important thing and i i think really when when we're looking at designers we're not we're not asking ourselves that question mm,
1: mm. and
0: then to go back to your question of well how do we know the designer is capable of delivering on that it's not a it's not enough to believe the headline yeah you know we have to look further at the work and equally, just because the designer isn't telling you in their headline that they're doing resonant branding doesn't mean that their work isn't resonating. Yeah. So what you need to be doing, and this is absolutely essential, is you need to be looking at those projects. First of all, do they feel exciting? Do they feel visionary? Um, you know, am I getting some goosebumps? Does the portfolio feel cohesive? All of that stuff. But you then need to be looking at on a project by project basis and just ask yourself, how does that brand make me feel? Mm. Make a note of the words and then ask the designer. What was the brief on that? Yes. How did you want the brand to feel? They don't need to use my process. I mean, I'd like it if they did. It would be a lot easier. But <laughs> <laughs> So if they give you 12 words rather than three, Mm. As long as it it's giving the same feeling, mm.
1: perhaps that's okay. Yeah, and I think this is something that we don't necessarily feel empowered to do as an entrepreneur. But when you think about it, you know, some of these branding projects, you can be spending anything from three grand to thirty grand when it comes yes. to some of my clients going off to mm-hmm. the, you know, the bigger houses. Actually saying, Can you share with me the brief? Can you tell me what you were going for here? isn't something we'd necessarily think to ask, right? But when you're making that level of investment, it's crucial. Well, I don't think it's just about the
0: investment. It is about the investment. It's also about this opportunity cost. You're only going to do this once in the next five or ten years. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. So let's make sure that the person you work with is a good fit. You know, this is as much about you being the right client for that designer as it is about them being the right fit for you. So, you know, if you're coming at this with really strategic insights and, and objectives and they're coming at this from a purely aesthetic perspective, mm. you're going to be a freaking nightmare. So yeah. better to find that out now, better to find out that, yes, their work is beautiful. Yes, it's breathtaking. But actually you value strategic thinking as much as you value aesthetics and you need someone that's capable of
1: doing both Mm. Mm. and so let's talk about this capability then for the designers because they need as you said a lot of experience and and skill what do they need in their toolkit to be able to deliver on this resonant brand they need this ability
0: to cut through the contradictions and the noise and to find the clarity. Mm. They need the ability to filter down quite a complex and noisy brief into to, into something that they can really tangibly work with and that means being able to find that essence. Mm. It then means being able to to have that understanding to translate through to the vision and really feel that feeling. That resonance in their bones. Mm. Then they need that ability to be able to translate that feeling into very tangible assets. So they need to know, for example, I mean, Arnia is a great example of this. Um, So Arnia is my Australian skincare, green Mm. skincare client. And everything about, and you can see this on my website, everything about that original branding was in direct conflict with how, with what set Anya apart, with her magic. Yeah. We wanted the brand to feel ritualistic, sensory, premium, green, Mm. um, moments of returning to yourself, that sort of lightness, that feeling of freedom. Mm. Um, So we had grey, bright orange, sans serif, white background, hard. In the um,
1: before, this is. in In the
0: before, in the before, in the before hard glass, cellophane-wrapped tulips, you know, all all those things that we're pulling in the opposite direction. So as a designer, you, you have to have this absolute insight into why those elements aren't working. This will help you win more work. If you can genuinely articulate this stuff, mm. this will fill your clients with confidence. This is not some kind of pull the wool over your eyes sales
1: technique. You have to know your shizzle. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you're lucky might not be the right word, but the framework of colour psychology for you absolutely gives you that, right? Well, it it's the starting point. Yeah. And that's why we've called
0: it the resonant brand method, because, yes, it's absolutely founded on colour psychology principles. Yeah. But actually, I've developed it and pioneered it so much further, haven't I? That. Mm. Actually, it's now a whole method. It's not just layering over the brand seasons in a paint-by-numbers way. It's the absolute foundation.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, do you think designers... I mean, this might be a bit of a provocative question, but do you think it's possible for designers to get to a resonant brand without having colour psychology as a in the toolkit?
0: Gosh, well, if it is, it's certainly... Much more convoluted, challenging, emotionally draining to get to that point. And if I'm if I'm truly honest, I'm not certain that I have ever seen something of true resonance without that foundation that colour psychology brings. That's not to say that I don't often see beautiful, breathtaking, and evocative brands and and this also isn't just although it's a big nice to have it's not just about getting your work signed off first time but it is about hitting all of those nuances and I think very often what happens is we get to a consensus point or a point of that that hits enough for us to move forward, but we don't necessarily get that sense of joy and yes,
1: resonance.
0: I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of designers and I've not seen it happen yet. Right. Um, I think that if you have decades of experience, you just, you pick this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm sort of contrasting that with, with the designers that are being told that within six months they should be earning this much money and their business should be here. Mm, <laughs> and I'm yeah, thinking yeah. like, how do those two things meet? I am not putting this process out there as something that is going to get you um, multi seven figures in three months. Yeah. But, um, but that aside, all of that aside, this is absolutely, I'm, I'm loath to use that word shortcut it shortcuts the learning process. And I, I also think it supercharges it because it gives you something very tangible to framework everything on. Mm. And then you start layering up your own experiences, confidence, insights, knowledge. And you become quite unstoppable. I mean, the, the best example I've seen of this was Elevate this year. Um, was the first time that I had take that I'd taken designers through this, with color psychology for brand designers being available, mm. and one of the designers out of the whole cohort had completed color psychology for brand designers, yeah. and um, every single project she nailed,
1: wow,
0: every single one, and that's not something I see when I'm working in the wider world
1: yeah
0: no it's very rare unless I'm working with Kaz it's very rare that we don't have changes in the design process it's very it's very rare that a design will kind of hit the mark and hit the resonance straight away yeah and this happened with Christine consistently so this you know this wasn't like a we got lucky with this brief because it was in her space and it kind of, Mm -hmm. it all worked. Every single time she hit the money and, you know, she's, she's brilliant. It was only when I was writing up the journey, Mm. I was going back over the questionnaire that I send out at the start of the Elevate process to find out where people are at. that I realized that Christine doesn't have 5, 10, 15 years of design experience. Mm. She'd had one client before she started Elevate.
1: Wow. Okay. So an outlier in a way, but also it stacks up that there's a robustness to both the colour psychology and the process.
0: Yeah. I mean, she just worked through my process and met the brief. Mm. She created designs that consistently felt resonant. Now, And they looked professional. Mm. The level of vision that she can bring compared to someone that's been doing this, living and breathing it for 10 years, you know, there's obviously someone with a decade of experience going to have the capacity if they're living and breathing this, if they're really leaning into their creative flair.
1: But it'll be really exciting to see where she goes from this as a foundation, because that can only grow, right?
0: And also
1: what this can do for the designers
0: that do have that experience yeah. that's what i'm that's what i'm really excited about and i guess to go back to your question i have worked with hundreds of designers mm. on so many projects and i can honestly say from international award winning agencies through to designers with 30 years experience designers just starting out i have never met someone that didn't need this process
1: Yeah, that wouldn't have benefited from it. Amazing. Well, Mm. we're both very excited about it, obviously. And just to wrap then, firstly, is there anything I haven't asked you that you feel burning that you need to say about the process?
0: I mean, I think there's so much more that we could talk about and probably will talk about another time. But I feel so passionately that as entrepreneurs our brands can make a huge impact on how our business performs commercially yeah. they can give us confidence they can help us be seen in the right way they can create credibility attract the right kind of clients smooth the path of our mm. client interactions shape our clients experience expectations mm. memories of us we deserve brands that work at a strategic level for us yeah and as designers We deserve to enjoy the creative process. We we deserve to work with supportive clients who really trust us creatively, who let us run with an idea, who are a joy to work with. And again, this process gives us that opportunity. So for me, the whole thing is going to transform the industry and i i just i want more people to be asking for this kind of stuff and i want more people to be using it because
1: i know it's going to raise us all up amazing it is (laughs) and i can see the potential for so many of the clients that i work with when they've when they've got this all in a row that because people are doing such good work out there and we yeah on both sides of the fence yeah absolutely and, and we really need at the moment entrepreneurs and businesses who are on fire inspired doing their best work meeting the challenges that we need to face and and enjoying it while they do it so yeah. hurrah for resident branding thank hurrah you so that. much thank you i hope it was yeah i hope so and uh, we'll see you next time folks yeah. see you soon, soon. Thank you so
0: much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com.
1: If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe, as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.